Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. By a perversion of justice, he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Like St. Michael's, St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Barton Hills has a day school. There's for children two years old through pre-K. On Mondays and Tuesdays, there's a chapel for the children, and when I was the rector, either my assistant or I would tell them a Bible story. As we approached Holy Week, our story was always about the last day of days of Jesus' life and about Easter. I would always ask what we were celebrating, and the first answer was inevitably the Easter Bunny. But after a little bit of coaxing, we'd eventually get to the right answer that Jesus rose from the dead. And then I would ask them how Jesus had died, and most often I would get the correct answer on a cross. But I will never forget the answer I got one year, Jesus got run over. That little boy no doubt had in mind the possibility that Jesus had been run over by a motor vehicle. But his answer was not as far from the truth as it might initially seem to be. Jesus was indeed run over. He was run over by a perversion of justice. He was run over by the crowds who demanded the release of Barabbas and by their shouts of crucify him, crucify him. He was run over by the soldiers who flogged him, who wove that crown of thorns, who taunted him and struck him on the face. He was run over by his own people, those people who were unable to recognize him as the Messiah, God's only begotten son. He was run over by the disciple who betrayed him, by the one who denied him, and by the others who fled and hid in fear. Every year, when we gather to remember together this day of our Lord's crucifixion, we ask the same question, how is it that this day can be called Good Friday? We have just heard Isaiah's description of the suffering servant, of the man who was despised and rejected by others, a man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. This is the man who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. This is the one who was oppressed and afflicted, who was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And in John's account of this Friday that we call Good Friday, we have heard again an account, the account of that suffering servant's passion and death. We are impelled to listen in a way that can only break our hearts. 
We are invited to stand in that place his closest friends abandoned. We are invited to stand by his side and to watch helplessly as the soldiers mock and injure him. We are invited to hear the insistent voices demanding his crucifixion. We are invited on a walk we would rather not take, the way of the cross, as Jesus makes his way from Pilate's headquarters to Golgotha, carrying the burden of the cross on his raw, bleeding shoulders and back. We are invited to be both those who abandoned him and those who did not. We have to face the likely possibility that our own voice might well have been among those that shouted, crucify him, crucify him. There is nothing about this Friday that would seem to be good. We call this Friday Good Friday because we have also been invited to stand with the women before an empty tomb on the first day of the week. We are invited to be with the disciples when they first encountered the risen Lord. We are invited to hear the invitation extended to Thomas to see and to touch those wounded hands and that wounded side. We are among those whom Jesus has declared as blessed, those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Julian Welch sings one of my favorite gospel hymns when she sings, I will know my Savior when I come to him by the marks where the nails have been. We have yet to actually see those marks, but the time will come when each of us will stand in the near presence of our Lord and Savior. On that day, Jesus will extend to each of us a wounded hand of welcome he will draw us in love to his wounded side. We call this Friday good, Friday, from the vantage point of Easter. But this Friday is also good because of what Jesus did for each one of us by his death on the cross. Isaiah speaks of the suffering servant as the one who is wounded for our transgressions, who is bruised for our iniquities, and by whose stripes we are healed. There are two primary accounts of God's salvation and deliverance in the scriptures, the first of which is the Passover. This year, Holy Week and Passover are coinciding with one another. And so this evening, our Jewish neighbors will remember a night in Egypt when the angel of death passed over the homes marked by lamb's blood on the lintels and doorposts of their homes. The feast of the Passover is the occasion for remembering that God delivered the children of Israel from bondage and slavery in Egypt. The night they set off on that journey to the land that had long been promised to them by Abraham. Last night, on Maundy Thursday, we remembered the Last Supper, when Jesus and his disciples gathered to share a Passover meal, to wash feet, to share a meal, to recount the Exodus, to institute the Lord's Supper, and to receive the mandate to love one another as Jesus has loved us. The other account of salvation and deliverance is the one that we remember today. This is the account that is our story, and not just that of Jesus some 2,000 years ago. 
This account of deliverance also involves a lamb and blood and the firstborn and the angel of death. But on this day, the angel of death did not pass over the firstborn, the only begotten Son of God. On this day, the victim was both the sacrificial lamb and the firstborn. The doorposts and the lintels were the arms of a cross. The angel of death saw the lamb and saw the lamb's blood that marked the cross and claimed the life of Jesus. This day is Good Friday, not only because of Sunday's empty tomb and the resurrected Lord. This day is Good Friday because Jesus died that day for each one of us. As Isaiah said, all we like, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus took upon himself the iniquity of us all. He took upon himself the iniquity of all those who ran over him the final days of his life. Judas, who betrayed him with a kiss. Peter, who denied being his disciple and friend. The soldiers who beat and mocked him. The crowds who insisted on his death. The religious leaders who refused to recognize that the Son of God had walked in their midst. The cross means nothing if Jesus did not give his life for each one of us, no matter the enormity of our sin and faithlessness. Today is Good Friday because he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Today is Good Friday because he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. <laughs> 